0: Hi, welcome to the Mastermind Project Podcast. My name is Brian McRae. I'm the founder of the Mastermind Project. And this podcast is intended to help you grow as a leader, to grow in productivity, and also to grow in relationships. Those are the three topics that we will always talk about here at the Mastermind Project. Chances are you're a small business owner or maybe a commission sales professional and you're looking to grow. And we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So once a month we host an event designed to help givers grow. And so that's what we're here for. And this podcast is taken from a general session of a portion of our live event, uh, which we've now gone to virtual uh, as of 2020. So if you're comfortable, please join us. Feel free to join us and you can go to www.briankmcrae.com. And you can register for our next event, which is the third Thursday of the month. So sit back and enjoy the shared learning experience here of the Mastermind Project. Guys, what I wanna do is I wanna talk about the number one skill to master to scale your referrals. How many of you in here are in a referral-based business? How many of you in here want more referrals? Keep your hand up, all right, good. So if you wanna scale your referrals, now I don't care where you're at in your business. Um, Now by the way, this is gonna be a little biased because this is gonna be my experience. So a little bit of background, in 2002, I left a six-figure job. That was salary. Uh, I was running uh, an IT training firm for the owner. And um, I didn't want to spend money on advertising and I hated cold calling because that's why I was leaving the company that I was in. We did all cold calling. So I got into the mortgage business because I had a mentor. Now, I'm going to share some things that I've learned along the way. But we're going to get in into some deep, really deep into this skill that's going to be what I've learned and what other people have taught me. Because if there's one thing I've learned, you're going to hear me talk about study, practice, teach today. So this is what we're doing. We've all studied things. We've all practiced things. So I'm going to share some things that I've practiced over the years that have helped me in terms of scaling a referral-based business. So as we get into this, uh, we'll talk about what that that skill is. We'll talk about why it's important, and we'll talk about how to do it. And we're going to get pretty specific here. Now, I'm in the mortgage business, so this may not apply. By the way, if you're here and you're not in real estate or mortgage or an affiliated industry, I want you to raise your hand. Raise them high, keep them high. Okay, this is not just a real estate event. Over 80 different professions have attended this event. We stopped counting several years ago. So don't think it's just real estate. The skill that I'm gonna talk about will be based off of my experience in the mortgage business, but I believe it applies, and I've coached people outside the mortgage industry to do this. So I want you to be thinking about how you can apply it. Even though it's gonna be more, it may be, there'll be some mortgage specific things Uh, mortgage industry-based things, I want you to think about how you could apply this to your industry. Okay, so first of all, we're going to start with uh, the four traits of a successful giver. So I'll just cover these quickly. We talk about this, we've spent some time here, and uh, we cover this, and we'll talk about each one of these at various times during the year at this event. Number one, we know where we're going. Okay, as a successful giver, now there's a, this is based off uh, some information from a book called *Give and Take* by Adam Grant. And um, in that book, he said there's three reciprocity styles in general. And he was a, he studied this youngest tenured professor at the uh, Wharton School of Business, and he studied all different types of professions, and looked at the reciprocity styles. And I don't want to bore you with this because I've covered this at some at, at previous events, and I cover this in detail in the Jumpstart Masterclass, but The they know where they're going. They have a vision of what they're trying to accomplish. Did you hear what Nick said? He knows what to say no to. It's because he knows where he's going. Okay, it's one of the traits of a successful giver. An unsuccessful giver wants to help everybody. Now, please know, love the person that's in front of you. We want you to be able to serve all those things with a big heart. But if you don't have a vision where you're going, chances are you're going to end up somewhere that you had no desire to be. So, Know where you're, they know where they're going. Successful givers know where they're going, and they have a tribe, they've got a community that surrounds them. And this one's key, and we're gonna talk about it today in the context of referrals, building a referral-based business. But it's adding value at a low personal cost. By the way, write that one down. The, the, if you're gonna scale your business, you've got to learn how to add value at a low personal cost. And then they also learn, uh, they know how to ask great questions. We talk about that all the time. Quality questions. Build your portfolio. Quality questions. But um, today we're going to focus specifically on adding value, specifically as it relates to the number one skill to scale your number one skill to master, and that is to give. Now we talk about being a giver, but if you're going to be a giver, what do you have to do? You have to give. All right. So as a as a as a let's stay in the professional context here. What can you give? Just let's brainstorm this. It's open environment, there's no wrong answers here. Well, maybe. Time. Knowledge. Melanie? Free things. You can give free things. What is, what's an example of a free thing you can, that would be? A book on Audible. <laughs> By the way, uh, if you're a learner and you want to share things that matter with people, you find somebody that doesn't have Audible and give them your favorite book. That's what Melanie's referring to there. That's an example of adding value at a low personal cost. Okay? What else? What's another example? What else can you give? Understanding. Understand. Whoa. All right. That's deep. Um, <laughs> I don't we'll, we'll come back to that one. I don't know how to unpack that. But under, you can help somebody understand something. I mean, ah, not, not being judgmental. Awesome. You can give them uh, curiosity, your curiosity. So I love that. What else? Marketing ideas, exactly. All right, so for the purpose of this, we want, I want you to get in the concept of what can you give? Because I think the one thing when we're in a referral-based business, that I didn't hear one thing, what didn't pop up? Money and referrals, okay? I just asked you, what can you give? And the, and the answer wasn't referrals. Now, by the way, I believe at the core of this, when you're diving into the book and you're doing what Mark, Dan, and Nick are doing, working on your personal development, I think that is a tremendous gift to offer to the community to your business partners. When you're working harder on yourself than you're working on your core competence, it is an amazing gift. That's what those guys are doing. But now as we come back and we dial this in about referrals, here's my opinion on the one skill that I think will help you scale your referral-based business. It's giving referrals in the manner in which you would like to receive them. Now I want you to just pause for a second how many of you like to receive referrals? How do you like to receive referrals? Somebody, let's, let's just, let's get into the awkward conversation about how do you like to receive referrals? Often. Often. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Often. Personal introduction. Personal introduction. Good. How many of you like to, okay, keep going. Personal introduction. Often. Email, Email introduction. Three-way text introduction. Three-way text introduction. <laughs> What's that? Positive. Enthusiastic. Check in hand. Love that. (laughs) Yeah. A testimonial. All right, good. Guys, um, listen, in my time, and um, I think there's a lot of, um, there's some professional networking groups that are represented here. I used to belong to one early in my career. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting was what people considered a referral. Okay. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand on this question, but I want you to be thinking, how many of you have said you've been referred? What's an example of being referred without really being referred? Daniel. How many of you like that? Okay, look around, guys. Nobody raised their hand. By the way, I think it's awesome. I, you know, I've had somebody say, how do you like to receive referrals? I like it when my phone rings and somebody's ready to buy. Perfect, got it. But how do you, how do you replicate that? It's hard to replicate that. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share some things with you here about how to give referrals in terms of what's worked, um, and there's really a, a mentor of mine very early on, and it's interesting that you showed up today, Margaret, but uh, there's a guy, uh, one of the most successful business professionals that I, that I knew. His name was David Fryman. He was an estate planning attorney, and I am uh, no gray hair very early on in my business career in the mortgage business, and, uh, and more hair, yes, so if you... but. The, um, but David took the time to help me understand this principle. And um, David just recently retired. This guy was a nationally recognized estate planning attorney. And on the surface to a mortgage guy, um, getting brand new in the business, there's not, really a, a, there's not a, a logical connection between an estate planning attorney and a mortgage guy. But David took the time to mentor me and show me how to build and enhance my referral based business so I'm going to just share some concepts uh, that I've learned from him over the years. He's one of the influences that I had. But um, as we get into this and when I talk to people, there are different types of conversations. And as a sales professional, some of this is going to relate to mortgages. And yes, by the way, if you need to take pictures of any of this, please feel free to. It's, uh, none of this is copyrighted. We want you to give it away. So um, these are the different types of conversations that you can have in your business day. You can have a restorative conversation. What does that mean? What does restorative mean? You're repairing something. All right, as a business professional, that's not the great conversation to be having every day. So if you're having a lot of restorative conversations, fix, your, fix, fix the problems. But that's, uh, those are not fun conversations to have. I only have one word of advice. Thanks for coming today. I have one. By the way, it's okay if you need to leave. I just hope it's not because of the content. I hope you got an appointment. <laughs> So, okay, good. So, all right. Just one piece of advice on that. Deliver good news fast and deliver bad news faster. All right, that's it. That's the only advice I got on restorative conversations. Transactional. All right. How many of you are in a transactional business? How many of you conduct transactions? If you're real estate, mortgage, good rate, insurance. um, And we, we conduct, that's how we get paid. Um, some of us had trailing residuals with clients where we get referrals or uh, residuals off of a client like financial services. That's probably more relational, but that's a couple of examples. But the point is many of us are in transactional relationships, and I'm going to talk about that today because I think as we build relations and we talk about referral conversations, at the below that line is where the magic happens in a referral-based business. So I just want you, what I'm trying to do is take a look at how many conversations that you're having today and measure them and say how many of them are restorative, how many of them are transactional, how many of them are in the relational category where you're getting to know. It? This is a, hopefully an incredibly relational event for you, and you're having some great conversations. But what I want to do is dive into the referral side of things because this is where, if you want to grow your business, that uh, that I think you can, if you can spend some time in the, below that line in relational and referral-based conversations without them being awkward, I think you you uh, you start to scale your business. All right, so. This is the why. I'm gonna give you several reasons why giving referrals is going to help you scale your business. Number one, your income is gonna go up. As a giver, Adam Grant in his book said that uh, when he did that study, the average, giver, the successful giver, 37% more income. 37, now by the way, he wasn't just talking about referrals, he was talking about just a, a, a reciprocity, a giver reciprocity style. But if you, um, if you, want, to, if you want to increase your income, then learn how to give, and I think giving referrals will be the next thing, is insulate yourself from the competition. See, when you give, if you're in a transaction-based business, and that's what the mortgage business is, at the, at the end of the day, somebody's got to buy a house or refinance their house. They're coming in for a transaction. And if you look at most, most lenders, by the way, there's a wide variety. We're in a relationship business uh, in this angle. There's some big national players who are transactional. That's all they do, and they do a relatively decent job of con- con- Realtors, please, no comments. comment. Um, they do a decent job of conducting a transaction. But if you're in a relational-based transaction business, then um, insulating yourself. So when you give referrals, you're actually, and I'm going to cover that process with you here in a second, but you insulate yourself from your competition. How many of you have competition in your business? Okay. When you give referrals you're, and you do it to the right people, you will insulate yourself from the competition because you're surrounding your client with what I call power partners, specifically downstream power partners. So if you think about the flow of a transaction, when somebody's buying a house, there's a flow to it, who they talk to and how the stream flows. So for me, being able to refer them to downstream power partners was helpful. I'm gonna cover with that with you in just a second. But it shows competence and professionalism. I had to separate myself from my competitors. So part of this whole one of the reasons is to is to is to gain the client, but it's also to be a giver by connecting your your client with other professions. Because what it does is over time, and here's what David taught me. David said, look, I want to surround myself. Brian, here's where he he got to learn my business. He asked me a lot of questions. He interviewed me when I didn't know I was being interviewed. Amazing. The guy, when you talk about the asking quality questions, he was the king of it. And you know what I'm talking about, Margaret. He was amazing. But um, the point is that you want to build long-term trust and referability. So whenever what David was looking to do is he wanted people to remember him based off the people that he connected his clients to. So I want you to think about it. If you're in a position where you've got a client and you can connect them to other people who are more competent than you are in their profession for a need that they have, who are they going to remember during the transaction? So let's talk about it. First thing I'd love you to do is define how you like to receive referrals. How do you like to receive? We talked about it earlier. Let's talk about it a little bit more. How do you like to receive referrals? Through relationships. Specifically, once you've got a relationship, how do you like the referral to show up? I want you to just pause for a second. How do you like the if you're going to leave this meeting and you've got a referral, how do you want it to show up in your life? As an introduction. Tell me what that means, Mark. dude, you just get to finish the presentation. <laughs> um, it was hard to hear. I wish we'd have had a microphone on Mark. But um, he's making an introduction. How many of you would like to have an introduction? Okay. Okay. What, what, okay. If you didn't raise your hand, how would you like to receive a referral? Any volunteers on that one? Yes. Good student, love it. So it is permission to call. That is the, if you're looking for permission, ask for it. It's one of the best things. We're gonna talk about that at the end of this, hopefully. All right, so that's number one. Know how you like to receive it. So if you know how you like to receive it, then the question is how do you create that? We'll talk about it in a second. Create an intentional client onboarding process. So number one, know how you like to receive referrals, but number two, create an intentional onboarding process. I see a lot of professionals who are taking, specifically in the mortgage business, but it could be a real estate agent, it could be a financial advisor, it could be any profession, but they just take it and they're on the fly always. I'm suggesting that you build an onboarding process and incredibly intentional. Because if you do, it gives you a way to guide the client through an experience. Am I making sense? All right, so have a defined process that you're onboarding a client. Why? Because it's gonna create and an avenue for you to introduce your referral partners and your downstream referral partners you got to find them you got to if you don't know who your downstream uh, power partners are referral partners you you have to define them because if you don't have any you're not going to make any referrals i want us this room let's let's commit to being the best givers in our community all right downstream power, uh, power partners you guys got to define what you're looking for. I'm gonna give you just a couple things. But character, competence, and conscientiousness. I want somebody, when I went looking, and what David taught me is find individuals who are better at what they do than you are. Find individuals that you can connect your clients to are better at the core competence than you are. Now this one sounds a little strange, but to me, what helped me was reciprocity was a bonus. I think one of the mistakes that I see is individuals pick downstream power partners based off reciprocity, not the first three. Because if the first three aren't present, I don't care about reciprocity. Because if I'm referring to somebody, I need to make sure that the first three are taken care of. Character, competence, and conscientiousness. I want somebody who's gonna take better care of the customer. I want them to care more about the, about the transaction than I do and reciprocity is a bonus. Now, I want you to think about this from the client perspective. Now, by the way, I'm not saying that reciprocity is not a great thing. You want reciprocity, but will you do it at the, at the expense of the others? So, my point with that is, is that you can end up, and those are the five that are listed there again, um, and are, excuse me, the last one is uh, identify, number four is identify opportunities that solve the situation. So when we onboard a client, we are literally going through the process because we have an intentional process. We go through a planning process, a consultation with them. And here's what we do because we've defined our process. We're asking them about their insurance agent. How, and I'll give you two questions. Two questions to ask. How well do you know this profession? Okay, when you're buying a house, guess what you need? You need insurance? What are some other things you need when you're buying a house? Home inspector? That's really downstream, your agent usually. But I want you to, if you think about the process, so for us, the downstream power partners for us are, are gonna be insurance, financial services, taxes, and estate planning. And by the way, the estate planner taught me how to, I never would have thought estate planning when I started in this industry. By the way, are there any estate planning attorneys in the, in the room here? There's a great, if you know one, I'm looking for one, David retired, so. <laughs> um, but knowing them and identifying them And then look for hidden opportunities. David taught me, he says, hey, here's how to look for opportunities. And David was phenomenal. So whenever I connected him, he always made me look good. And he would always, and I would always, he taught me how to invite them into a conversation. Here's what I need you to say, Brian. Here's what would work. Here's what's worked with other mortgage professionals that have done it. David taught me how to do this. Because I want you to imagine you're in a competitive environment. Now, by the way, these professions, you can change and put these around you. But put yourself, you got a client, a prospect or a client that you're talking to, and they're also talking to your competitor. But you've identified problems about either their estate, their financial planning situation, whatever your client situation is. Again, I, this is mortgage specific, and I was wondering if I should do it, so I hope you'll bear with me. But take a look and define your system, so that, because it would come up, and if I introduce them to two, three, or four of the downstream, downstream services that they would need, Who do you think they're going to remember? Imagine having a conversation. It eliminates or it reduces the amount of competition that you have. Because if I can surround them with other competent professionals, chances of them looking or not being satisfied with me are reduced. So I'm connecting them. Does that make sense? All right. All right, so I'm going to put this in summary. Um, Actually, there's two questions I'm going to give you because there's two questions that we ask in order to open up the opportunity. All right, they weren't in here. Uh, by the way, if ambassadors mark Monday, is it 4 or 4.15, Dan? 415. 4.15, 4.15, the ambassador call, the coaching call is gonna be on this topic, okay? So ambassadors, please field, mark that one down. Dan's gonna be leading that. But here's two questions that, that he'll dive into a little bit deeper. Whenever you're looking and you've got a downstream power partner that is better at their job than you are, that's going to make you look good, who's going to talk well of you, who's going to edify you because they know your character, they know your competence, and they know how conscientious you are. They're going to talk well of you. Who doesn't want, is there anybody that wouldn't want to connect somebody to a power partner that's going to do that for you? So invite them into a conversation, and that gets done very simply with two questions. And By the way, I'm going to help you build your tribe with this as well. Question number one, how well do you know? And then fill in the profession. How well do you know? So how well do you know your financial advisor? How well do you know your estate planning attorney? And by the way, when they say, I don't know the estate planning attorney, then it gives you a chance to give them an explanation based off of the competence that you understand from your your power partner. How well do you know? Number two, on a scale, this one's important. By the way, if they say brother or sister, aunt or uncle is in that profession, don't bother. You've got nothing to gain. (laughs) All right. Um, So the next question, on a scale of one to ten. Now, by the way, the brilliance behind this is is that it doesn't matter what the answer is. You've got an action to take. Scale of one to ten, how would you rank them? Why do we ask that question? Okay, so if I'm referring an insurance agent or a financial advisor, I just want to know. How do you rank them? And by the way, recently I heard a six. That's not great. What do you do with it? When somebody says a six, what do you say? Yeah. It's, guys, here's the, here's the brilliance. You can become a giver. And then you talk about what you know. If you've gotten to know how that power part, downstream power partner works, you open up the opportunity and you explain why they need to meet that individual. When it comes to an estate planning attorney, it's really simple. If you don't have an estate plan, everybody has an estate plan, by the way. You know that, right? Yeah. Everybody knows? It? Yeah, it's called probate. And it's not fun. Go take a look at any of the high-profile probate courses, uh, um, cases. That's what I was looking for, cases that have gone. It's not fun for anybody, but you get a chance. What David taught me is that if they do this, they get to determine how they live life if they can't speak for themselves. And any, <laughs> through death or disability, when you can't speak for yourself, there's a document that you've intentionally crafted that will speak for you, and you've designed your wishes so that was, that was the introduction. So my point is, how well, and so back to the question. How well do you know? And then on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rank them? If it's a 6, I'm introducing them to a 9 or a 10. If they say a 9 or a 10, what was that? I want an introduction. How many of you would like to have 9s or 10s? In your, in your contact sphere. Raise your hand if you want a nine or a ten. Somebody that's better. If they're a nine or a ten, there's somebody you need to talk to. There's something you can learn from. They may never refer you, but there's something you can learn from them. Because there's two questions you can ask a nine or a ten when you get them. Ask for an introduction. Call them. Say some good things about them. And ask them two questions. You could. I would wait on that one. I would ask him two questions. What's an ideal, heard great things about you? Tell me, how, you build, how have you built your business? What's an ideal client look like for you? I'm gonna give you three questions. And the last one, how do you like to be referred? It's amazing when you ask that last question, how do you like to be referred, what you can learn. Financial advisor, says he gave me a phrase, he says, Brian, I'm just looking for a conversation. Are they open to a conversation? He says, that's the line I will use. By the way, that's how I'm gonna, after the conversation, he goes, I've never had a mortgage guy ask me this before. Here's how I will introduce you, Brian. He taught me. He said, Brian, I'm gonna explain your services, and I'm just gonna ask the client, are you open to a conversation? If they say yes, he does an email introduction. Puts contact information for both of us in there, and guess what, we take that practice, we've implemented that in our practice because of what we learn by asking those questions. Does that make sense on the process? All right. Two mortgage specific. Two more. All right. I I need some feedback. Two mortgage specific. Can you apply those principles to your business? That's a better question. All right. So, there are the five again. Inviting partners into your conversation. So I hope you find that beneficial. Um, okay. Thanks for the feedback. All right. I'm going to say this because, uh, and I'll leave this topic with this. It's study, practice, teach. I've just given you a process to, that you, you're, you, by the way, you're studying by being here. You're learning. You can change those words to learn, implement, share, call it whatever you want, but it's a process. You're learning today, and I hope you implement, just implement one thing, please. Hopefully you've put a little asterisk next to something. Implement it, because here's what's gonna happen. It's gonna create influence in your life. You're gonna get some positive results just by putting one foot in front of the other. And guess what you do then? Because when you get good at giving referrals, when you become a master at doing that, when you master the skill of giving referrals in the manner in which you like to receive, then you get the opportunity to start training, sharing with your upstream power partners how to do it. It will give you the confidence when you know how to give them out and you know how to give them in the manner in which you like to receive, it gives you the authority and the the ability to train your upstream power partners how to do it. It's that simple. And you can do it in an authentic way. Does that make sense? All right, and here's why, because as we talked about, one of the great things that I heard from John Maxwell and all this, and here's where this applies. It's gonna take courage to have these types of conversations, would you guys agree with that? Is this more authentic than some of the things that you'll read out of a textbook? I hope so. Nobody wants to be giving referrals in a way that makes other people uncomfortable. But I hope, just those two questions, I hope they was. How well do you know? And on a scale of one to 10, how would you rank them? And then invite them into a conversation with your your partner. Does that make sense? All right. Well, there you have it. Another Mastermind Project podcast. We wanna thank you for being here and investing in yourself. Uh, that's the key to growth because we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So thank you for investing in yourself. We hope that you found something here useful. As a matter of fact, it's our desire that you've heard something from this podcast that would make a difference if you implemented it in your business. And we know that success favors the speed of implementation. Take a note, take action on something that you've learned here. It'll make a difference. We'd love to hear about it. So, and you can also join us and tell us a little bit about it at our next live event and you can register for that at www.briankmcrae.com, www.briankmcrae.com. We've got our mastermind event scheduled there, and you can join us virtually uh, at our next event on the third Thursday of the month. So for this time and until next time, study things that matter, practice things that matter, and teach things that matter to people who care. Appreciate you.